Hey everyone, welcome to A Millennial Learns with me, Abby Rancor. This podcast is a place to learn about faith, theology, politics, history, and some fun random things along the way. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome to A Millennial Learns. Thank you so much for listening. Today is a very special episode. One of my best friends, Hannah Weiberg, is on. And I wanted to do, I know there's been a lot of like faith topics and history topics, but I wanted to do one about health. And so Hannah has um, cystic fibrosis, which is a genetic disorder of your lungs. It's a progressive condition. And she talks about like her journey with her lungs, kind of what her progression of lung function has been, and then some new medications and drugs on the market that are helping. So let's go right into this episode with Hannah. Um, This is honestly one of my favorites. It was so informative. And I've known Hannah for years and years now, like 10 years, I would say. And I'm still learning a ton about like CF and her experience with it. So it was a great episode and I hope you like it. Hey Hannah, how's it going? Welcome to my podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being on. It's going to be very fun <laughs> to talk about. Yeah. Um, well, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fun hanging out with you. Yeah. Um, okay. So as I kind of said in the intro for everyone who um, is unaware, we are talking about cystic fibrosis this week. Hannah has cystic fibrosis and so we'll just talk about like your background and um, all of that, how you got diagnosed and, and stuff like that. So do you just want to start out with like a background about who you are and what you do? Maybe a little how we met. Yeah. Story. <laughs> so um, I'm Hannah. I'm 24 years old and I am getting my master's in special education. So that's kind of my path. I'm also getting my license as a health coach right now. If we go back to where we met, we met in high school on the Palms team. Yes. Um, I think I was a sophomore and maybe you were a junior Somewhere yeah, in there. Yeah. So, yeah, we met through, through dance. <laughs> yes. Cool. Uh, I guess let's start with a background about cystic fibrosis for people mm-hmm. who don't know. Um, can you explain what that is and kind of how common it is or how rare it is? Yeah. So cystic fibrosis is a pro- progressive genetic disease that causes persistent lung infections and can limit the ability to breathe over time. It not only affects the lungs, but it also affects other organs that um, may be clogged with mucus, such as the pancreas or the intestines. And yeah, basically your body um, has a lack of, it's unable to move chloride. And so that mucus thickens up and it doesn't clear properly, which can cause bacteria and infections in the lungs, but also things like diabetes and digestive disorders as well. As far as how common it is, I think one in 30,000 people have it in the United States. Or no, 30,000 people in the United States have it. And worldwide, I think 70,000. Okay. So yeah. So it's a pretty, it's pretty rare. And yeah. what causes someone to have cystic fibrosis? So CAF is a genetic disorder. So if both parents have a copy of a gene of CF that they pass down to you, then you will have CF, but that doesn't mean that your parents have it. So your parents uh, might just be a carrier okay. <clears throat> yeah. of CF, but they at least have one gene that they are passing down to you. Okay. Interesting. Great. So what age <coughs> were you diagnosed? Was it, did your parents notice that there was something, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say something. <laughs> <laughs> was there something wrong? Was there something wrong with you? No. <laughs> Um, I guess what age were you diagnosed with cystic fibrosis and, um, how did your parents find out? Yeah. So I was diagnosed at three weeks old. Actually, my mom had pre, 
prenatal prenatal yeah. screenings and one of them showed that something was off and so they told my mom that I would either have down syndrome or cystic fibrosis but they didn't know which and so they actually continued to do screenings and they couldn't find either one so it was looking good <laughs> I wasn't gonna have either and then I was born and I didn't have the second gene for CF I only had one gene and then they did there's a natal screening um postnatal screening called a sweat test and actually I think starting when I was a baby so 24 years ago every baby had the sweat test oh interesting okay and mine came back severely high how do I say this <laughs> high sodium <laughs> mine showed extremely high sodium levels and so my sweat was basically way more salty than the average baby <laughs> and so um, as weird as that is but so because it was so far into the range of CF even though they couldn't find the second gene they actually went ahead and diagnosed me at three weeks old so when they thought that you, when they couldn't find either one, Down syndrome mm-hmm. or CF, that's because they only found one yeah. singular CF gene, right? Yeah. So they found a singular CF gene and they didn't find an extra chromosome. Okay. And then they just They went ahead said, and continued. Okay, it's either, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. either of them. <laughs> they continued the testing um, just to make sure. And I don't know if it was ever a definite no. Right. But I think it was like looking towards yeah. me not having either one. Right. Okay. So then once they realized that you did have cystic Mm -hmm. fibrosis, uh, with that sweat test, at what point did they then go back and like find the other gene? Cause you have to have the other gene Mm -hmm. to have it. Um, what was that process like of, of going to find that second one? Yeah. So because my sweat test was so far into the range, they gave me the official diagnosis, Mm -hmm. but they still continued to look for that gene and to look for the CF gene, you do a cheek swab. And so they continue to look for the second gene, but CF is actually a newer diagnosis. I think in the 80s is when they really started to develop and find the gene and know what cystic fibrosis was. So the genetic testing wasn't, it was developed, but there's a very common CF gene, which is called the Delta 508. And some people with CF have two of those. And then others have the Delta 508 and other combinations. Mm. Very few have no Delta 508 and just two combinations that make CF. But um, they continue to look for it. Not all the time, but I think one or two times when I was growing up. And then when I was 14, there was a more advanced test that you could send the saliva to Johns Hopkins. Um, Okay. And they did an advanced test on me at 14 years old, and they ended up finding my second gene, which is a exon 15 deletion, which is a change in your chromosome. Okay. So <clears throat> does the, I guess, does the genetic change or like mm-hmm. modification that you have, does that uh, cause your symptoms to be any more or less severe, like as opposed to someone with two Delta 508 mm-hmm. uh, genes? I guess, or chromosomes. I don't know. Genes, yeah. Genes, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of research still to be done on that. Mm. There's some cases. The thing about CF is, like, everyone is extremely different. Right. So that's the hard part. I'm not extremely sure. I think I remember maybe um, Delta 508s being more of a significant um, illness mm-hmm. um, with CF versus ones who aren't diagnosed until later on because they do have those rare genetic makeups. 
But again, everyone with CF is different. I'm not sure it follows a strict guide of yeah. the severity of the disease. Okay, that's interesting. Um, okay, so growing up, I guess, what was your experience? Because like you said, as you said, we did palms together, which is super cardio yeah. intensive. Like we're running and dancing all the time. So, um, and that would, every person without CF was super winded. So how did you, first of all, get through that? And then kind of what was, has the progression of your specific yeah. CF been throughout, you know, growing up? So I would say starting in elementary school, the only things I would notice, I have to take um, enzymes when I eat because of that mucus buildup in the intestines and um, the pancreas not being able to break things down as easily. So that was always a thing. I would have to go to the nurse and get my enzymes. But as far as like cardio, I never really noticed anything besides running. Um, mm-hmm. That was the one area where it actually did um, get me winded. And we actually tested because with CF, you can also have asthma. And so we tested me for like exercise induced asthma and I didn't really have that. It was just truly my CF. Mm. Um, but running was like the only area that ever got to me. And let's see. So I danced throughout my whole life, obviously into high school with you. Mm -hmm. Um, like you said, everyone was winded. I didn't really notice any more like windedness, if that's a word, (laughs) um, (laughs) than anyone else other than again, running was the biggest area but at the same time, I had a pretty high lung function for most of my high school career. I think mm-hmm. it was about the 80s, which is pretty high functioning for someone with CF. Right. Um, someone without might notice that more, but because I my body's adapted right. to the lower, I didn't really notice that too much in high school. I don't really remember lagging behind too much or having to sit other than following like hospitalizations or something like that right. when I did have a bacteria or something. Yeah. Yeah, but no, you kept up like in all the dance. Yeah, I was gonna say, do you stuff. remember? Yeah, anything no, I don't, I don't remember you. No, getting behind at yeah. all or anything. So, which was very impressive. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, how she even on running ones though. People were like, you were faster than uh, yeah. The yeah. Team, so. I remember I could like run the running. first lap like way fast, and then I was like, okay, guys, I'm done. It just fade. <laughs> yeah, You're like it's okay. You get you guys keep going. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, you were you did great in high school. Um, Okay, so let's talk about a little bit about how, just for people who don't know, mm-hmm. like how lung function is tested yeah. and then kind of like how yours has progressed mm-hmm. um, when you kind of started noticing it going down or yeah. like back up or whatever. So lung function is test, um, it's called a pulmonary function test, a PFT, and what you do is you basically hold up this machine. Anyone with asthma has done this, but you hold up the machine, put on your nose clips, and you take a big <laughs> breath in, and then you blow out as fast as you can and as much air as you can. And so it measures your, like, volume capacity. Doesn't it, like, have a picture of bowling balls? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think I did one of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can, like, blow bowling balls to knock the pins or, like, a hot air balloon, like, oh, how yeah. high you get in the air. Um, now that I'm older, I don't get those fun pictures or anything. But don't. I know. The they take away. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as fun. So, yeah, you blow in. And the point of the test is to see, one, your, like, viral capacity, so how much, like, you can take in. And then what's the big measure is how much you're letting out in one second. So okay. somehow they correlate and <laughs> give you a number um, of your lung function. So that's the test. Um, growing up, I remember like in elementary school being at like 115% or something like that crazy. Because <laughs> what they do is they compare you to 
like a normal or mm-hmm. someone without CF um, at your age, height, and weight. So okay. that's how they measure it. And that's how I was above the average a little bit for a while. And then definitely, I would say my first big decrease, I was actually in a car accident. So oh. not really my. Oh, <laughs> my that was doing. terrible. Yeah. I was, wa- okay, I'm just going to run yeah. quick. I was in <laughs> the car story. behind Hannah. And yeah. she got hit by a car, like, and from my angle, it looked like she was T-boned, and it was, like, the car hit, like, right behind the driver's door, right? Or, no, in it front. Was right it was in front. the axle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. axle. Mm-hmm. And so I was, like, oh, my gosh. I think I just watched Hannah die. Yeah. And then she got out, fine, like, walked away. <laughs> I, like, ran out to the, no, no, you had to open my door. Yeah, I had to, yeah, yeah. yeah. Abby saved me. I was yeah. like, we were like in the middle of the intersection, just like opening her other door and like trying, trying to, to let get me her crawl out. out. I was like, Mandy, call 911. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it turned out fine, but I was yeah, like, I just good. watched my friend die. That was scary. That was so terrible. bad memories. I'm glad you survived. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, Abby witnessed that. Um, and I did have, um, because my body was in like shock, it like tightened up. And yeah, then, so there were longer impacts, right? Mm-hmm. Because. Yeah. We went to a basketball game. Yeah. Immediately yeah, yeah. following that. And right. <laughs> everyone was kind of shaken up. But I was like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, Hannah walked away without a scratch. But then, right. like, it, I do remember it was. Yeah. There were some long months terms. after, right? Like, yeah. Or was I it started just a few to notice. Months? I think so. So the biggest impact it had on my lungs was actually from my back. So, like, my oh, okay. muscular structure got so thrown off because I ended up. Later, like she said, I walked away, didn't go to the hospital or anything, but I did end up spraining my back and neck, um, so I had severe injury, and so because those muscles, (laughs) yeah, it was 50 mile an hour T-bone, Yeah. so um, yeah, my back and neck are still (laughs) messed up, but that was the biggest impact on my lung function because I couldn't take that deep enough breath and then squeeze it out, so my muscles were damaged enough, so like I said, 112 as a kid or whatever, and then, I mean, middle school, high school, got down to the 80s. No specific, really, reason. It's just, like, progression. But, again, right. didn't even notice. Mm-hmm. Um, after the car accident, got down to the 60s. So, that was my next Oh, major, that was after like, the car accident. Decline. Oh, okay. Yeah. But then I sat at the 60s. I mean, that was, what, my sophomore year, junior year? Yeah. It was, like, the first year we Yeah, it was, like, the first year. Yeah. It's, like, Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Bad timing. Bad timing. Um, so, yeah, I was at the 80s probably before I knew Abby. And then <laughs> after the car accident in the 60s. But, again, I mean, you saw me do palms that Yeah, it's still with the year, 60s. It, like, it was, like, it you, could, you wouldn't tell any difference right. from, like, the outside. Right. But, so, when you were doing, like, the kind of treatment for, like, the spraining mm-hmm. of your neck and back, mm-hmm. did you, it just stayed at 60? It didn't, like, improve? Did it yeah. improve at all after that? Or did it just I think it there? went back up maybe closer to 70. But I definitely but still, never got fully like, recovered okay. from that. And so that was a big hit on my lung function. Again, not really CF's fault. Just kind of yeah, that, happened. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So um, that was a big hit. And then another hit was, like, I had some bacteria that actually comes from, like, water, um, hot tubs specifically. And I was in the hospital 21 days for that in high school. And my lung function went to the 40s. And during that, I'm like you weren't even in the hot tub. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> it's in the hot tub. So sad. Yeah, so with CF, you're actually not allowed to get in hot tubs because of this bacteria that can brew at that high temperature that people with CF are really prone to. So I wasn't in it. I was at a dance sleepover, 
And all the girls were in the hot tub. So I pulled up a chair next to it, thinking I was, like, making a great choice and talking to them. (laughs) Trying to be so responsible. (laughs) I didn't realize that the steam was still hitting my face because I was still at, like, the steam level. Um, So, yeah, didn't even get in, but got the bacteria. We think. That's the only thing we can link it back to. Right. um, Could have also been from a shower. I mean, who knows. Oh, even showering it? Yeah. um, I mean, we lived together in college. Do you remember having to leave the door open? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I can't have steam is the issue. Yeah, so it could have been from, like, a shower, the hot tub. So, Mm. yeah, that was another. But the only thing I noticed, I remember Valor has, like, a million stairs. Oh, my gosh, there's so many stairs. And so that was the only thing I noticed to tell me I was at 40% lung function was... It's like, it's kind of hard to breathe. Which is even funny, too, because I remember, like, everyone would complain about the stairs. Right. And it didn't even really... Like, you were still just such a trooper because, like... just, like, talking. you're just like, okay. And then you're like, oh, it's really hard to breathe. And everyone would just be like, yeah, yeah, like, I I can't breathe either, you know? But then you're like, actually, no, like, I I really can't. (laughs) Like, it's at 40%. I really can't. So then, yeah, I went in, and that bacteria is, like, really slow growing, so it takes a long time. Mm. For it to show up, but then it like does a lot of damage. So, luckily, I responded to treatment very easily. I mean, it was twenty one days plus IV antibiotics at home. Yeah. After that, so it was a long haul, but I did get back to like the mid mid sixties, maybe close to seventy after that. And then, yeah, I mean, I was hospitalized a couple times in high school. Um, I'm sure you remember some of them. Yeah. Definitely a few. (laughs) But it wasn't ever super low lung function. Maybe hitting closer to 60 than 70. Yeah. Yeah, you always seem to come back and, like, recover quickly. And again, go to Palms practice the next day. So it wasn't like... Yeah. (laughs) Which, in hindsight, I, like, can't believe. (laughs) Me either, honestly. (laughs) Some of the workouts were so hard. Oh, my gosh. How did you do that? Our coach was wild with the workouts. Yeah. But I was in such good shape. I don't know if it's just because my body was used to it from, like, growing up. Right. I I would not do that now, but, um, and then I guess if you want to keep going on the trajectory, my college experience was a little bit different. Um, I did start to notice some changes. I think my freshman year I was walking campus. I had my Fitbit, like trying to get all those steps yeah. in. Um, I remember we went to the gym a few times. Maybe five. But we were definitely like um, walk you know, yeah. like walking around briskly, right. like we walked a lot. I remember trying to get exercise, you know, yeah. in a reasonable way. Well, since you're you're older, I remember I went to college and we walked to snooze. Oh and yeah. It was like six miles. Oh yeah. Yeah, like, we walked for so like? walk- Okay, I yeah, I'm really bad at directions. And I was like, Oh, we can just walk. Walked to snooze, and then you realize, like, it was Snooze's very far away. Yeah. So, yeah, um, champ. So, yeah, that was, like, champ there. senior year of high school, freshman year. Um, but, I, yeah, I didn't really have any significant things. I would, um, let's see, sophomore year, I think pretty similar. But then my sophomore year summer, I got some sort of flu-type thing. Um, never, like, tested for the flu, but it felt like the flu. I was yeah. pretty sick. I was coughing a lot, um, and that's something I do remember freshman and sophomore year too. Right. With you, yeah. I would cough a lot, so that definitely increased. Yeah, that did. Yeah, you were definitely coughing a, yeah. a little bit more. I wasn't really feeling it in, in the like cardio sense, but right, I was. I remember some pretty bad coughs, um, night coughs, morning coughs, yeah, stuff like that. 
Um, I'm sure, sure you heard <laughs> in the next room. We shared a wall, you <laughs> yeah, know. We did share a wall. Um, but then, yeah, that summer of my sophomore year, between sophomore and junior year, I definitely got pretty sick. Um, went to the doctor just because I was like, I've been sick. I don't feel like I'm breathing as well. I remember I did a PFT, that lung function test. Mm-hmm. And I was, again, in the six, mid-60s. And it came back at, like, 35 and I was oh like, well, okay, I thought I had a little trouble breathing. Yeah, like, I didn't a think lot it was of this. trouble. So yeah, I got that. Um, and that was just the summer. My lung function cut in half for no reason. So, um, and it definitely wasn't that little cold. I think that was just when I really started to feel it. Yeah. Um, and then from there, um, junior and senior year, I couldn't get back up to the 60s. I stayed in the 30s. I had multiple hospitalizations. I had a sinus surgery that they were trying to open things up um they thought that could help me breathe better they also thought it might stop some mucus from like draining oh down yeah, into down my into lungs, lungs yeah. um so I had that surgery I had a bronchoscopy where they like go in and actually manually clear oh, out some mucus from your lungs. so terrible yeah fun story I like woke up during it because they were trying to do super light anesthesia oh no because <laughs> when you're when you're at that low lung function um they don't want to put you under oh, anesthesia because they don't gosh. want your body to like <laughs> think it's easy you know to right breathe they want you to like wake back up so, so I was on a super light dose um but it was too was light in your lungs so I will I remember waking up on the table and I had a thing down my throat, so I couldn't talk. And I just started coughing. And then I just remember them being like, put her oh, no. like, ah. That's a nightmare. So that was a nightmare. Oh, um, no. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, no one's fault. It was just, <laughs> they were trying to be oh, like no. easier on the dosing. and Yeah. Um, yeah, so I had those two procedures. And then I was hospitalized, I think, every other month for two or three weeks because they just could not, like, I didn't have a bacteria. I didn't have the typical mm. things that they would look for in CF. Yeah. And so, yeah, they just try after try. I remember after that first day, they sent me home on oxygen for the first time. Um, and even during hospitalizations, if I would use oxygen, by the end, I was always off of it. Right. And so that was a big... Like that they had to send you stark. home with, with yeah. They, yeah. And so from that point of summer 2017, I never... Was it 20, One of them. 2017 or 2018. I never got off of it again. And so that was a big... Oh, okay. Life Oh, so you were on changing. it the entire summer? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a long, long time thing for me. And as a college student, I mean, that sucks. You don't want to, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, as bad as that sounds, because um, you have to take care of your health, and everyone right. has to do it, and no one's gonna judge you. Like you feel these things inside, right. yeah. Where no one's really gonna, yeah, no one's like, gonna, like think anything of it. Or I mean, if they do, they'll probably ask you questions or like yeah. care about it. Not right, like, but not like judge you. Or, like, yeah, oh my <laughs> but gosh. those are the thoughts that obviously like <laughs> yeah. flood your head. So yeah. yeah, I remember that being hard. I never wore it to class. Um, I talked with my doctors a lot about this and I wasn't at a dangerous level. So I remember sneaking, <laughs> I would go into my 50 minute lecture and then like run back to my car and throw my oxygen. Oh, and then, um, yeah, I couldn't walk to class. That at was least your doctors let you do that. That's yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, then you could, yeah, talk about not yeah. being able to walk to class. Cause like I said, That's freshman scary. year, sophomore year, we were like walking all over campus, like yeah. to get our steps, all the time. Or, you know, just for fun. And then I couldn't even like walk. Um, for those of you who go to see your Boulder, see you Boulder, like I couldn't walk from let's say like the business school to like yeah, like, think, like the C four C. Yeah, that's really not that far. So yeah, I had to either Uber to class or um, 
not go. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to Uber or get a ride from a friend or something like that. And I strategically, one, for the oxygen need, but two, for the walking, I had to spread my classes out because I couldn't be back-to-back off oxygen and I also couldn't make it from, like, oh, one gosh. class to another, so. Yeah, that has that was, large impact. That was my, uh-huh. like, harsh, like, IFCF. You right, know? Like, yeah, that was, that was when like I the really wake-up. And does that point happen? <clears throat> I mean, I know it's different for everyone, mm-hmm. but... Does is does it tend to be like that age, like yeah. early twenties, or do some yeah. people get that like really young? Um, so some people have more troubles young. Um, I don't really have severe like, um, like intestinal, okay, or like gastrointestinal problems from CF. Right. So that can happen younger. Um, mm-hmm. and definitely some kid. I mean, some kids have yeah. transplants, and right. so yeah, it's. But I think. They said that I was at a pretty normal age for that decline to happen for no reason because they still don't understand why. But especially females in their 20s, I think, is what they're seeing, the trends Hmm. of, like, that harsh decline. Does, um, just in general, does stress play a role in any of this? Like, I know you said the muscular stuff in the car accident and stuff, but does, like, normal stress, like, if Mm -hmm. you have a very stressful time, have you noticed, like, your lung function going down or is that kind of unrelated? Um, Definitely. (laughs) No, I think there's a strict correlation and they actually have done a really good job. I think when I was either in middle or high school, they added a psychologist to the CF care team. Oh, okay. Um, So we actually, it's great. It's, like, part of our doctor Oh, wow. Is we get a psychologist and then some meet with them every week or month or whatever and so they actually do see a huge correlation between like stress and just like if you think about breathing and you're really stressed like you're taking shallow breaths you're not getting as much so then that's even like amplified yeah people like i know they're like this an extreme but like panic attacks or like yeah kind of reminds Mm -hmm. you that where you're like all right stressed out and stuff and college is a super stressful time in general like yeah so like i said i mean it's a pretty normal common time of progression of disease but at the same time like you're saying like the stress of college yeah there's living a lot on of your factors. own managing right all of that plus any like natural stressors of that age plus yeah. just like i mean like puberty i mean body changes and, yeah. yeah just like all of that you're probably staying up later than you would right. in high school and just yeah those, there seems to be a lot of stressors in college for right. someone without, <laughs> without CF, any, yeah. so um yeah. yeah well and that definitely was something i noticed later on because I went into college obviously being more aware of what those things could do yeah. to my health, but then um, having to be wise and find balance between, like, right. this will really hurt my health versus, like, this is fun and, like, isn't the best, but it's yeah. not going to, like, Because a lot of people don't really have to think about that yet right. in college, like... Drinking, for example. Right. Like, does drinking have an effect on, on cystic fibrosis? Yeah, um, and definitely... Where I said it could affect other organs. The liver yeah. is another one of them. Oh, okay. And the liver is also something that's extremely important to keep healthy because the new medications coming out can be taxing mm. on the liver. Okay. So it's something to be wise about. Um, I mean, it's definitely not a disease where like you cannot drink. Right. But depending on the medications that you're on, what your disease progression is, all those factors are things to talk about with your doctor. And then yeah. Decide. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, it's, it's very interesting in college where it's like somewhat of a free-for-all. Yeah. I definitely I felt like, like I had to be like, yeah, like 20 we're years definitely, wiser yeah, older. More balanced Not that and, I was anywhere near perfect, but, um, but yeah, definitely like, you have that in the back of your mind. Yeah, of, and and continuing treatments I know you've talked yes. about before is like a big thing that I could definitely – I mean, you were extremely good about it in mm-hmm. college. I don't – did you even ever 
miss you probably maybe miss like really, one yeah. in college or yeah. something because we would do like a vest together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would just hang out with you, but um, but yeah, I could totally see how like that would not be a priority mm-hmm. in college. So yeah, yeah. What Abby's a, yeah kind of talking about is with um, CF you have to do and everyone's number is different for me. It's two treatments a day, um, and we use this like we joke and call it like my jiggle jacket or whatever but it's like it's literally like a life jacket it looks like a life jacket and Mm -hmm. it like blows up with air or they have newer technology now that just has um I don't know pieces in it that jiggle yeah I don't know and so it basically the point of it is it vibrates your lungs and helps you like cough out that mucus and so I have to do that twice a day for 30 minutes with a nebulizer and so like she's saying like people in college tend to not prioritize that or yeah. don't are embarrassed like don't want people to see them doing it which actually was a huge reason I lived with Abby was right. because she knew yeah all about it yeah we so, did that in high school if yeah. I stayed over too late you're like it's best time exactly <laughs> so, um so yeah that was good and then I guess going along with like that those daily treatments so you have a nebulizer and then you do the best twice a day mm-hmm. um What's, like, the cadence of going in and getting a checkup from, like, the, mm-hmm. the doctor? Like, how often do you have to have that lung function test and yeah. all that? So, growing up, I remember quarterly visits. Um, so, I think, like, four times a year. And, yeah, we get lung function at each one of those and kind of okay. discuss where you were on your health. And that was when I was healthier. So, just kind of quarterly visits right. were standard. Um, when I got sicker... I think I went in about every month just to yeah. get a lung function test, kind of see where I was, make sure I wasn't declining, mm-hmm. um, all of that. And now I'm actually back to, I think, every other month. So making progress. Oh, that's good. That's there. good. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's go back to college. So uh-huh. this is when you were, like, um, having trouble walking up hills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or flat so, ground, I mean. <laughs> yeah, or walking, just in general. Yeah. Um, so you're... Oh, and this is terrible, too, because she... Hannah lived at like the bottom of a big hill. Oh my goodness! So like the, the biggest enti- hill in Boulder. Yeah, like I don't know. the actual campus is like flat, relatively. Yeah, and then there's like hills surrounding <laughs> it, and she lived at the very bottom of I the did. one hill on the side. So yeah, that's, very that's, unfortunate. Yeah, that's... if I would have known that my health would decline <laughs> that year, like I would not have lived there. Yeah, like maybe. I think I tried walking to class once, and my friend was like waiting in class. We had the first class back from like summer break together. And she's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm almost there. I'm like, way <laughs> underestimated. Like, she's like, someone's going to take your spot. I'm like, I'm coming. I can't. I can't. I can't oh, walk. no. Okay. And then never again. <laughs> so you were at like, what, you said 35% lung capacity there. So I know then it went lower for yeah. a, a, wait, a while. Do you want to talk about how that happened? And... Yeah. So after those um, continual hospitalizations of the sinus surgery, the bronchoscopy, um, I don't, I mean, I never really got sick. So CF is kind of weird. Like, mm-hmm. feels like you have a cold, I guess, all the time. Like, it's a severe, yeah. a severe cold. So it wasn't necessarily something like that. But I remember it was a December, and I was in the hospital, and I was at 24% lung function. So just another big decline with no reason. Yeah. And, That's a um, lot. Yeah. With IV antibiotics, I did get back up to, like, I think about 30 That's still so... Yeah. So So that actually was when they started talking about um, a double lung transplant with me for the first time. Right, because what's the cutoff for when you need a transplant? So when you need a transplant, like now, Mm -hmm. um, you're pretty much in the teens of lung function because you can't 
I mean. Yeah, it's getting yeah. extreme. I mean, if we were to be very specific about it, I mean, you could probably get a little lower if you had a lung to put in your body. Right, you know? right. Like, if but it that's was like the thing. Imminent, an imminent exactly. transfer. But, but that's you... the thing about lung function, and that's why they talk to me about it at like 24-ish yeah. percent, even 30. Um, because, well, one, I'm a very small person. I'm 5'2", mm-hmm. and I'm right. a girl, and I'm petite. And so getting a lung mm-hmm. for me is going to be harder than getting a lung for an average size person. Yeah. And so, yeah, they talk to you about it with plenty of time for you to actually receive the lung. So you don't have to be like... Within a week of right, passing that's why away, but you go in more often. Yeah, when it's that low, and they actually do say um, it's about two years of expected life. The good news is they told me that, and right. then they did all this testing, and then they said I was too healthy. Oh, that's, so I wasn't that's in good. the two-year zone. So that's why I, so I went to North Carolina to look at transplant. I did a physical rehabilitation for five weeks. That was super intense, and then I learned all about transplant. And I did all this testing, like, oh my goodness, I another test will never phase me because I had every single <laughs> oh, one no. of them done and passed out many times. Um, oh, no. Yeah, I'm That's not so good. Sad. Okay, for someone with a chronic illness, like, I am not, <laughs> I'm not good. Was it I blood? Is that medical. why you passed out a lot? Yeah. Was it mostly blood? Well, I didn't see anything, but there's this, like, test where they have to draw blood mm-hmm. from an artery oh, instead of your vein okay. because they can see, like, your oxygen levels. And let's just say it didn't flow oh, with no. me. <laughs> oh, no. And I think I've had it eight times. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and I passed out all, all of them. I'm eight for eight. Was all... Oh, my, oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh. We're all eight at that rehabilitation? So, I think thing? I had to have one, like, three times there. And then since those... So, I was there five weeks. I probably got three. Then I came home. And then for a while, I had to go to Duke every, like, oh, six months. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, I got two more there. And then in... um. They actually wanted to list me, or not list me, like, get me in the system in Colorado as well. Okay. So in case I couldn't get to Duke or, like, if their program. Right. Um, Colorado's program is great, but not as, um, they don't get as many lungs. Okay. And so that's why we went to North Carolina originally, but then they're trying to build up Colorado's program a lot. Okay. So then I got <laughs> evaluated at um, in Colorado, and so that meant, like, oh double the gosh. testing. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, that sounds terrible. Um, So, okay. So talk a little bit about the rehabilitation thing uh, in North Carolina because that one sounded very intense. (laughs) Yeah. So it's um, rehabilitation. The funny part is it's like CF and then like COPD. (laughs) (laughs) And funny, I don't know if any of you have heard from like six feet apart, but well, you have because of the virus, but CF started that trend. Yeah. Because for some reason we're very contagious to each other. So like... Mm-hmm. I'm sitting next to Abby. I'm not very contagious to her, but um, the bacteria that we grow in our lungs are very contagious to one another. So we have to stay six feet apart so that if we like cough, which happens a lot, or sneeze, or like any sort of spreading, um, yeah. that we wouldn't share with each other. So there's only one CF patient per like rehab group. Oh, I didn't even think and about so that. Yeah, it was like literally me and then like seventy and eighty, no, sixty and seventy year olds. I'd say. <laughs> um, so that was so fun. Well, I didn't like it at first, but <laughs> yeah, I made a lot of friends. They're also nice. Um, but yeah, so we, oh my gosh, they had us do like four hour workouts a day of like strength, cardio, oh my gosh. training, all that. And then the other like two, it was literally like back to school, you know, like. Yeah, strength schedule. Schedule. And then we had to have a like hour or two lecture on transplants a day. 
because so much goes into like one getting one but then maintaining life afterwards yeah so we had to sit in lectures um so I did that for five weeks that's when they did all the testing so it was that or doctor's appointments that I was doing those five weeks and then um by the end of all of that they told me I was too healthy to be so I was approved for the transplant but I couldn't be actively listed until my health declined a little bit more. Oh, that's so a So I was, like, dilemma. borderline, like, but, like, but I'm very thankful because yeah. I would have had to move to North Carolina and, like, completely right. relocate. Because you have to be within, what is it, like, an hour of mm-hmm. the hospital? You have to be within an hour of the hospital so that if they have the lungs, you can literally get there and, like, go into surgery. Right, and it could take, like, two years yeah. to get Yeah, one. so once you're active on the list, they still have to find lungs that... One, match your blood type, then match mm-hmm. your body type, um, and your antibodies. So that, yeah. it's quite the process, and like Abby said, it can take up to like two years. Yeah, moving there would have been Yeah, <laughs> so I'm actually, it was a blessing that I was yeah. too healthy, yeah. but, um, but that didn't mean, so I was still like listed in their program, I just wasn't active is what they call it. When active is when you would get the call. So, like, right. they would actively be searching for a lung for you, whereas... And that's when you have to be around. That's the... when you have to be around. But I was, yeah. like, listed as far as, like, I was in their system. I just wasn't right. ready to get the call. Right. That makes sense. And was your lung function, like, still the same I think it was 30. 30? Yeah. yeah. But it, the odd part was, so, before doing their program, um, I, like, had anxiety if I, like would went, go to a store and, like, the handicap spots were full. Oh. So, like, I couldn't even walk flat ground from, like... Oh, my gosh. ...middle of the parking lot to the store. And right. And then walk around the store and then come back out still breathing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and that was another time where I was kind of bad about wearing my action, like, wear it in the car, whip it off. Right. Come back, put it back on. And so, um... I remember after that, I could actually park, like, a few spots back. Wow. <laughs> so, I got, like, a little, like... I would call it like daily tolerance. Yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah, that like exercise seems like it would be really good. But yeah. like, clearly, if your lungs are still right <laughs> at like thirty percent, it's gonna be very tough. Yeah, but so they sent me home, and I did have to continue that rehab just in Boulder. Oh, okay, so. interesting. Um, okay, so there's a new drug. Yeah. On the scene. Um, yeah, just talk a little bit about that and how you got, mm-hmm. how you were able to take it and all of that. Yeah, so when I got back from Duke, um, and I was, like, too healthy, but still sick, (laughs) um, they tried to get me on the phase three trial of a new drug that they were testing for CF, but sadly, you had to be at 40% lung function to be on the trial, because they want to make sure Mm. that people who are, like, trying the drug wouldn't be negatively affected by it. So they tried, and they tried, and I kept doing my rehab, and I just could not get there. So our next step was to... um, get me on early access, which is where it's not approved by the FDA, but phase three trials are done. So you basically, my doctor had to write a note. Um, is that the emergency use thing? Is that like what the I'm COVID vaccines sure. are under? Because I think you had to... Maybe. Because like... It's probably very similar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, something similar. So, yeah. So I, my doctor like wrote a note and this still was like a year later. So this drug has been in the right. pipeline for a long time. So I was still sick and experiencing all these things for a year. And then, um, yeah, so emergency use came out. I didn't get that. Could you try again? September, sorry, Siri. (laughs) September of 2019. And so my doctor wrote the note 
<clears throat> I got approved and I started September 16th, 2019. I remember. Um, <clears throat> Very specific. We were actually, me and my cousins were going to a Carrie Underwood concert. <laughs> and we were like literally at the mall like shopping for an outfit for the concert. And then I got the call that I could like literally drive to the doctor and get the med. And oh, so wow. I'm like, guys, we're taking a detour on the way to the That's concert. That's awesome. So, yeah, we all went. We were, like, dressed in concert clothes, and the doctor was like, are you dressed up for the drug? I'm like, well, kind of. Well, like, yes. More for the concert. So, so yeah, I started, and then I think within the first three months, my lung function went up, like, at least 10%. And then now, currently, <clears throat> I'm at 57 So, I started the drug at 33%, and I am now at 57%. Um, they think I've, like, stabilized now because you get the most increase... Right. Um, the first like few months of the drug, but Back I'm at a year days. and <laughs> year and a half. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. That's that. Yeah. And so now that's I just really have good. to make sure that. Oh well, I'm completely off oxygen and everything, but um, I mean, exercising, still doing my treatments are all extremely important so that I don't go yeah. back. Does the I guess previous like lung decline or any uh-huh. lung damage does that affect? how high you can get with this drug now yeah so definitely this drug is great it opens up your chloride channel so it actually allows your body to help clear that mucus that has always been the problem oh very cool but it can't reverse damage and because i had so many like so many troubles in the past that have caused tissue to scar and right my lungs not to work that will i mean i don't want to say never because they could come out with a drug but this drug specifically will not yeah and so if people are, are young, if, um, if someone with CF is super young now mm-hmm. and they start taking this drug, is it more or less like they would have normal lung yeah, function so their they whole think, life? Yeah, so they think it could prevent that severe disease decline that I experienced, oh, wow. but it's not approved for children under 12 yet. Mm-hmm. So they're, okay. those are the next trials. Um, I'm not sure what phase they're on right now, but I know they've already started. Okay. Um, and really again, this drug is only for people with one... Delta 508 and one other mutation. So the next step, other than the younger generation, would be to find a drug that works for people without a Delta 508 and two mm-hmm. random mutations. Yeah, that would be tough to not have yeah. um, the most common one, that Delta right. 508. Because, I mean, then you're kind of looking at anything, right? Because right. It's like such a wide variety. Because you have to find, like I of... think there's, I don't want to get this wrong, but I'm, I think there's hundreds of like different right. forms of mutations. Yeah, it seems like there's, there's a lot. So. Yeah. Um, but you said like 90% of people are covered mm-hmm. under this drug, right? Cause they have at least yeah. one Delta 508. Yeah. Right. That's good. So that's the most, yeah. Common is at least to have one, if not both. Right. Cause I got really discouraged in college when you said that you had a super rare one. And I was like, Oh no. Like how is <laughs> anyone going to find this <laughs> yeah. cure? But and because good, yeah. I have one is why I qualified. But like you said, because it's so rare, they're not like testing people specifically with my right. gene. I'm just kind of like, Taking what is available yeah, and what because I works. have that one, they're right. like trying it. I mean, yeah, reasonably trying it. You right, know? yeah, that makes sense. All right, so with COVID happening, mm-hmm. um, how has that affected you last year? I mean, I know it's like everyone had to quarantine and stuff, uh-huh. but are there like additional risks having CF during like a pandemic like COVID mm-hmm. because it is like a respiratory illness? Um, yeah, both both are. Definitely, um, it increases the risk of mm-hmm. severe disease with COVID because, again, your body's not clearing, like, that mucus. And because COVID is specifically, like, 
affecting the lungs. Yeah. It can be scary. So the first, um, I think from March to May, um, I went literally at home with my parents, like seeing nobody. Right. Yeah, you were um, very, very strict. And then my boyfriend even, I didn't see him. But then I, in May, he graduated, so I saw him outside. From a long From a very far away. I remember you telling me. It was me, like, like raining. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I was like sitting like, outside. Sitting in the rain. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was like the beginning. And then in the summer, because it was warm weather, numbers started to go down. I was still very, very, very careful. But yeah. Started to spread out, and then just like the fall, the cold weather, mm-hmm. kind of tightening it up again. But <clears throat> having those people who are around me who are careful yeah. um, has opened up my barriers a little bit more. But yeah, obviously, I would love to go back to normal. But I'm <laughs> yeah. doing all the things that I can, like my really good treatments and all those right. things that keeping treatments would help like... prevent some yeah. of those severe effects. Yeah, and like a lot of um. Like, since COVID hit, I've been taking, uh-huh. like, all these vitamins. Because yeah. I'm like, let's get this immune system Exactly. <laughs> Gotta so, boost it. yeah. There's actually a, a lot, I feel like, that can help. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that a lot of people exactly. are, are now So, I'm just taking, like, obviously doing. all the extra precautions and then yeah. still not back to normal. Right. So. For sure. Um, yeah. Hopefully soon. Yes. Go to a concert. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Braving a concert. Another concert. Um, okay. And then, I guess, what's your best advice to anyone who has CF or parents who just found out that, like, their child mm-hmm. is diagnosed with CF? Um, I'll start with anyone who has CF. I would definitely say stay active is, mm-hmm. like, the number one thing I could say. I think that was a huge part of my decline, um, and we'll never know. But yeah. that is one thing that, like we said, in college we or in high school, our workouts were so intense, so right. consistent. Um, and then going to college, like, walking around campus and an occasional time at the gym was about all I got. And so even though my lungs didn't decline freshman and sophomore year, I don't know if that like correlated to Mm -hmm. later on. So I would say stay active is huge. Um, It'll help lung function no matter what. Yeah, definitely. I would do that. Don't get out of the habit. Don't get out of shape like I did. Um, (laughs) And to new, I know college (laughs) for everyone. Um, Oh, and do your treatments. Do your treatments yes. is another huge one. Like it's, find a friend to do yeah, your treatments. Find a friend. <laughs> yes, kidding. Abby was the best. <laughs> we would watch a show. Find something you enjoy doing that makes treatments manageable. I feel like though, because, especially in college, yeah. you need someone yes. that will not yeah. let you skip. I mean, and you don't are, be embarrassed. Have an accountability partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They will sit right next to you, watch your show, jiggle with you. We're all good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So and do your treatments. It helped that you were very, very diligent about them anyway yeah um yeah my parents raised me well make it a fun time (laughs) (laughs) so I guess correlating that to advice to parents I would say Mm -hmm. make sure you get your child in a place of doing treatments and then as they get older um I mean be their accountability partner help them when they're busy Mm -hmm. like I remember my mom would get my nebs ready and it made it that much easier in the mornings for me to get up because she would bring them upstairs and I would be ready to go but um then make sure they understand that my parents always did a good job about my treatments, whether I do them or not. It's not really affecting them, and it's affecting me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, it is affecting them because they want me to be healthy, but right. I'm the number one person that that affects. It's not, like, fighting against them or rebelling against them. It's truly, yeah. like, rebelling against myself. So yeah. that knowledge of helped my accountability, which is why in college it didn't really slip up because I right. knew that it really affected me ultimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely um, makes sense. And I feel like it would 
it's much harder to do it when you are feeling healthy. Like, yeah. in high school. Like, right. Like you were saying, you felt super healthy, but you were still just as diligent in exactly. high school. Because you, like, understood that right. I it's didn't progressive. Want, want it to get <clears throat> sicker. Know? Yeah. And then the other thing I would say to both someone with CF and a parent is, like, don't let it define you. Like, fully embrace it and take care of all the things that come with it. And don't be embarrassed or ashamed of it. But at the same time, like, you are a full human being just yeah. like all your peers and so you don't have to be ashamed of it or hide from it but truly just embrace it but then also know that like you truly have so many other aspects of yourself that make you who you are and it's just one battle that you're fighting yeah but it doesn't have to define you yeah I think you guys are really good at that like just, yeah like yep it was just a part of what what you did or who right. you were but like we had so many you had so many exactly. other things that you yeah. were doing like in high school and stuff yeah. so so no one um, will like change their perception of you just because you have it. I know I was afraid of that for a long time was like hmm. not really letting people in and letting them know I have it other than like my very close friends who would sit and do best with me. But I just never wanted that label as the sick girl. And then as I've gotten older, I mean, people really, if they have questions, they're just curious. It's not because they're labeling me or anything. So I've never felt judgment right. for the fact that I yeah. have a different. <laughs> no, especially because you're like a go-getter too. So it's yeah. not like, it's not like you were sitting around sulking in high school that you yeah. couldn't do dance because you had it. You're like, yeah. oh, well, I have If it, anything, but... I would, like, hide it. Yeah, but... Tell anyone and then be dying. Yeah, the yeah. and then you're like, yeah. you're like, I can't do I this. I can't breathe. Yeah. or something, but, like... Yeah. You, yeah, you kept up and yeah. everything, but... Even if you hadn't, like, yeah. Right. Just like... don't let it hold you back. Right. Or define you, I yeah. would say. Good advice. Good advice. Um, okay. So, this is, like, the last couple mm-hmm. questions but um so you said you're becoming a health coach mm-hmm. we just did a little coaching session yeah. so that'll be that's <laughs> exciting um so how did your experience with cf play a part in you wanting to be a health mm-hmm. coach um well I actually started in north carolina because i saw like a i don't know what you call it like an ad or a something for a health coach um through duke and i like wasn't really in a place to do it but mm-hmm. i was like oh like, I don't really know what that is. And then this summer, actually during, like, quarantine, I was like, I need to look more into health coaching. And it's really just partnering with people um, with or without a chronic illness, but just mm-hmm. who have general health goals and helping them find ways that they can meet those goals on their their time frame, their watch, like, mm-hmm. making them realistic for that person. And I definitely think CF played into that because, I mean... Luckily, throughout college, I did pretty good at maintaining my health. But if I would have had a health coach, I mean, I could have done so much more. Yeah, we would have been exercising I like, a lot. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have been like a lump on the <laughs> on a log. Um, on a log. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely like wouldn't have let some of those things go. That I just, I mean, it's so easy to feel like you don't have time for it, especially right. like especially in, in college. college but then yeah. like now even moving into a career I'm like well now I have even less time. I know like, why did I think I had no time <laughs> I know I felt like we thought that we were gonna have so right. much time when we were working and now it's like no. oh I had a lot of time yeah. in college um, so yeah. yeah I would say like that's definitely what led me into it is just like helping other people realize that they can like meet those health goals and stay on top of their health even without disease I mean yeah there's so many things you can prevent by setting goals and meeting yeah, 100%. them or improve even. Yeah. Cool. That definitely makes sense. And that health coaching session was very fun. Good. My, uh, my focus was exercise. Yeah. <laughs> Big surprise. Yeah. Um, me and Abby went 
yeah, go. so I have a, a plan Thank now, yeah. which is great. Um, okay, and then just the last little thing. Um, mm-hmm. What... I know there's a lot of, like, CF organizations uh-huh. or CF research going on that you mentioned. What's the best place or organization that you've seen to, like, contribute and help mm-hmm. with CF research? Um, I would say there are two. So the first one would be the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. They do a lot for cystic fibrosis as far as research and grants and all that stuff. Um, and they give a lot of the money to the cause. So That's they're good. one of the better foundations that yeah. actually... Put their money mm-hmm. when you donate to a big yeah. corporation. No, they've done a lot of really good things for the CF community. Cool. Um, the other one would be National Jewish. They have put in a lot of research oh, yeah. to CF. Um, they, my doctor actually at National Jewish was on the committee for this new drug, Trikafta. And oh, she was part okay. of the trials and everything. That's so cool. she, yeah. So National Jewish and actually fun fact, I was in their fundraising video for this year. So oh, yeah. maybe Abby can link the <laughs> Oh yeah, I'll put the I'll link, link the video. Thing and um yeah, that was just a snapshot of my story. But yeah, I would say National Jewish and Cystic Fibrosis Foundation are very credible yeah. places that um I mean again, I'm at fifty seven percent lung function. We haven't found a cure. There are so right. many people. Right. I think the average I went from 33 to 57% lung function, but the mm-hmm. average was 14. So I'm like higher than the average. like increase? Mm-hmm. Okay. So there are still so many things to be done for CF um, to get closer to a cure and everything. Yeah. And both of those um, foundations would cool. be great. Yeah. 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 Um, well, great. That... Uh, that is very informative. I hope everyone learned something. I know I keep learning everything. <laughs> this is actually the second time we've recorded this yeah. podcast because uh, we had audio issues, but I learned even more this podcast, so I'm <laughs> glad we did it again. Um, anyway, so thanks for being on my podcast, Hannah. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I will plug all of Hannah's stuff in the description. And also, she's going to be launching her health coaching, so yeah. um, I will also post about that when it's launched. So um, Thank I'll you. link it all below. <laughs> so anyway, see everyone. Bye. That is all for this week's episode. Thank you so, so much for listening. I hope you liked it. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening from. And I would really appreciate if you would go rate and review this podcast on the Apple Store. That is going to be how we continue to grow our Millennial Learns family and community. So come back every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific time for a new episode. And DM me any questions on Instagram. It's at a Millennial Learns. Go check me out. Follow me. DM me questions you have about this episode or any future topics you would like to see me dive into. Have an amazing week, everyone, and I will see you Monday. Thank you.